Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 10th day of January 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We're in the chapter, Bill's Story. We are on page 9, the first paragraph that begins, The Door Opened. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Carolyn, the 12 Traditions, Sandy, and then Katie G, Sharon, Kim, and Hoodie. Oh, and the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 9th of January, is 5755. 5755. Oh, a preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Carolyn to please read the 12 steps. Carolyn, um, compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Carolyn. I will now ask Sandy to please read the Twelve Traditions. Hi, this is Sandy, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 
five. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overages Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overages Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our primary purpose, our public relations policy, is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and television and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, Sandy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter Bill's story on page 9, the first paragraph that begins, The Door Opened. And I will ask Katie G. to begin reading, please. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Grateful to be here on the lineup and sober. The door opened and he stood there, fresh skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes. He was inexplicably different. What had happened? And so um, I'm just going to share on this um, paragraph. So where are we? We're in Bill's story, right? And, um, you know, in the previous paragraph, uh, Bill had talked about being unmindful of the welfare of his friends, which is naturally who I am. I'm naturally not conscious or aware of other people when I am not... uh, connected to God and um, invited this friend in and just wanted to, uh, you know, use it as an oasis, right? Use it as my oblivion, as my way to kind of check out. And, and all of a sudden, this person shows up and there's something different, right? Something distinct and separate. And what had happened? And, um, you know, when I, when I think about what had happened, I go to, um, there is a solution, right? Like here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have what are called vital, which is life-giving, spiritual experiences, 
to me, these occurrences are phenomena. Um, they appear to be the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, which has changed. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of these lives, are suddenly cast aside to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begins to dominate them. So this man who, um, you know, similar to Bill, you know, he um, was a... a uh, help was you know having the same struggles with with alcohol was addicted to alcohol and yet something here here he's standing fresh skinned and glowing and um you know when I think of all the change that has to have had to come into my life like I had to be devastated I had to be beaten down um many many times because I am a hard headed um alcoholic and compulsive overeater like. You know, I kept looking for my bottom, and it's like, well, you know, I just kept digging. I just kept digging to find my bottom. And, um, you know, I really had to have everything stripped from my life in order to be desperate enough to have, to do some, to take some very serious actions that would change my entire life. And I love this description of his friend who was glowing from the inside. You know, there was something different about his eyes. He was inexplicably different. And, um, you know, I think that that's what happens when we come in here. I know for me, um, you know, I have people um, who are in my life that don't know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in school, so they don't necessarily know that I have this, you know, relationship with God. They don't necessarily know my history and whatever. I don't share my stuff with everybody. But, you know, they, they do, you know, describe me as a positive person, as somebody who's really kind and open and, and generous and, you know, fun to be around. And that's not me. You know, that's the result of having had an entire psychic change and continuing to live in this program in 10, 11, and 12. Um, with my abstinence a day at a time, thank you, God, you know, that it's not, it never came from me, and um, I am a selfish, dishonest, self-centered, and fearful addict, that is my natural MO, and thank you, God, like, I have been changed from the inside out, and um, it's just so exciting that, you know, every once in a while, exceptions to these cases have been occurring since early times, and we have the privilege of being an exception to this case, to having our entire life rearranged and changed and having, um, you know, the desire and uh, opportunity to live today. And uh, I know for me, I don't want to waste a minute of it. So thank you, God, and thank you, all of you. Thank you, Katie. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. This is Janice. Janice, go ahead. Yes, thank you, Monica. Good morning, visionaries. Um, my name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, um, I believe, you know, the door opened, and uh, Bill saw his friend. He didn't expect him to be looking like that, glowing in his eyes. Um, and that's how we look when we're abstinent, you know. We have clear lucid moments. I don't believe Ebby was recovered at this time. I believe he had the second pot, as we will see. Um, but there's three pots. You know, he has to know the problem, like doctor's opinion. He has to have a solution, and he has to have a plan of action. I don't believe Bill, uh, Ebby had the real problem given to him until because Bill is the one that received the uh, problem, the nature, the grave 
nature of our illness. The allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind was given to Bill by Dr. Silkworth. Okay, and like myself, for a long, long time, I had a clear, lucid moment when I was abstinent off of my binge foods, off of alcohol, and I thought I was recovered. But that was that's not so. You know, I couldn't stay stopped. So Abby is going to bring something to uh, Bill, and we're going to see what it is. But it's still not going to be enough because Abby was not recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Mm-hmm. This is Monica. Good morning. And... This is Can I share? Go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. I love this paragraph because I see I see the hope and I see the solution. The door opened. What means the door opened? It brings me again to before I was in the program that I I I always said if only if only I would live in a different place, in, if only I would have different parents, if only my husband would understand me, if only, if only. And here I see the door open from the same door. I don't have to change, I cannot change my parents, and it doesn't mean that I still have to live with my disease. I, I can continue being married to my same husband, and to have those same children, to be in the same job, the door open, just from the same door, from the same situation, just you can change. I have to change myself, not the outside world for me, my own self, to be connected to myself. Now, how can I be connected to myself when I do all the steps? When First of all, I start with step one. I am powerless, and I am powerless not only over the food. I am powerless over other people. I am powerless over my uh, financial situation. I am powerless, and I want and I am choosing to be connected to God. When I am connected to God, I can be connected to myself, to to my own self, not to be scared, not to run away from myself. And then I don't have to talk about uh, the OA or about the vision for you, my own way of living, my own way of of expressing, and this is exactly tw- uh, step twelve. I am leaving the program, the same door, at the same with the same parents, with the same husband, with the same uh, job. I am leaving from the same, the same, with the same people, but the only difference that I am changed. I am changed. I am not the same Bella. I am different. I entered from the same door. I just, I, I thank God, thank God I found a solution. And this is wonderful. This is the freedom. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And this is Monica. I am a compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater here. So the door opened and he stood there, fresh skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes. 
He was inexplicably different, mysteriously, beyond explanation, different. What had happened? So this is Ebby coming to see Bill. Now, Ebby is an old school friend of Bill's, and they're old drinking buddies, and they've done a lot, a lot of very serious drinking together. We read in a paragraph before how they started drinking in one state and um, chartered a jet to bring them to another state where they finished their drinking. So he had not seen Ebby sober in probably, who knows, maybe forever. I have no idea there. And so he's expecting this Ebby that he knows, this Ebby the drunk, to show up at his door. And he opens the door, and here's this fresh face, clean, glowing guy. Who is this? And there's something about his eyes. What's going on there? What had happened to Ebby? You know, this is a little strange here. What is going on with Ebby, his old drinking buddy who was never sober? And we're going to find out here what happened to Ebby. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Rose? Go ahead, Rose. Good morning, Monica. Thank you. Um, This is Rose, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And um, something you just said reminded me of my own experience when I came to my first OA meeting quite a long time ago, which is, it was a beginner's meeting, and there was a woman qualifying. I didn't know her the way uh, Bill knew Ebby, so I, I wouldn't have appreciated what her glowing look was about, except that it penetrated my fog and my stupor of drunkenness with uh, food and other substances, but food was the uh, priority. And um, when she spoke, something communicated to me. I mean, I'm kind of taken, my breath is taken away here, realizing it's over 40 years later, here I am, thank you God, able to say that I'm a recovered food addict, which is the biggest miracle of my life. Um, she communicated that in this program, by just telling what she had been like, what happened to her when she got to OA, and what she was like now, and it was a hot June night, and she had shorts on, and she was very attractive looking, and she was smiling. And I sat there in my fog thinking, what? What could possibly be going on? And it took a long time, to say the least. But what was communicated, I feel very strongly that it's sim- similar to when Bill Wilson laid his eyes on Evie Thatcher. And without knowing anything about program or what happened to Evie, and even before he started talking, his whole demeanor, his skin and his eyes were looking back at him sober. So um, I'm grateful to be able to remember that and know that this is what the program has given to me, and I'm here to be able to continue sharing it. So thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rose. Let's move on. And Sharon, would you read, please? 
Yes, Monica. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning to all. This is Sharon. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I pushed a drink across the table. He refused it. Disappointed but curious, I wondered what had gotten to the fellow. He wasn't himself. Come, what's this about? What's all this about? I queried. He looked straight at me, simply but smilingly. He said, I've got religion. Well, let's look at this. This is These three little paragraphs are a wonderful example of 12-step work. We have Evie. He comes into the house. He, he's got these glowing eyes. He's, he looks different. But Bill is focused on the old Evie and who he thinks he is. And this is what we encounter when we see our friends. We're, when we, after we've gotten some recovery, we, we, we begin to look different. And I know when early in my recovery, one of the things someone said to me, because physically I didn't have a, a lot of weight to lose, my first go round in the program, I ultimately hung around long enough in in uh, in the rooms and, and without getting recovery that I that I did get quite large. But when I first came in, I wasn't that big. And but what people said in retrospect when they looked at my pictures after I had gotten recovery is it's the eyes, my eyes. Oh, they were. And so here, Evie comes in, and and he's glowing, he's fresh, and then he refused. He simply refused the drink. He didn't rant and rave. He didn't go into a long explanation. He just said, "I, I don't want it. No, thank you." Another lesson for us to just be more for me to be more quiet. I don't have to go in with long explanations. Just, no, thank you. I'm fine. I've eaten, I, you know, just no, no big explanation. No, thank you. Disappointed but curious. So what happened is Evie allowed Bill's curiosity to grow. Evie didn't start talking and talking. He just said, no, thank you. And and then Bill became curious. How could this man refuse to drink when before that's all they thought about? What is going on here? So it got him curious. He engaged Bill so that it wasn't just a one-up where he was talking at Bill. He was quiet, and he allowed Bill to become curious and to engage in in the in the conversation and and. So Bill then asked, he asked. So Evie waited and allowed the question to come. What happened? What's this all about? That was the open door. That was Evie's opening. And we have to allow people to become open in order to receive the message. We have to wait. When we go banging at a door, throwing the message at them, that really, boy, it doesn't work too well because all it does is it causes people to retreat. 
So Ebby brilliantly allowed his body, his look, his 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 words, very simply, no thank you, however he said it. And then Bill asked the question. He allowed Bill to, to he allowed that door to open. And then he just simply said, he, you know, he, he, was, he kept it very, very simple, not a lot of words, allowing the spirit within him to be and to, to be the message. He looked straight at me simply, but smilingly, he said, I've got religion. Now, you would have thought that this would have been the exact wrong thing to say. But it was simple. It caused a reaction in Bill. And that's it. But he just kept it quiet. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone like to comment on these three paragraphs? This is Larry. This is Paula. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay, I heard Larry. Lauren. Lauren. Paula, and I think there was a fourth person. Okay, let's go. Larry, Lauren, and Paula. Go ahead, Larry. Good morning, Monica. Thanks for your service. Larry, uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Um, come, what is this all about? <clears throat> I queried. He looked straight at me, simply but smilingly. He said, I've got religion. I don't know about you. Um, I, I have met people, you know, and even myself, I, to some degree, coming into the program, words um, affect us. Words are symbolic ways that we communicate. And uh, the word religion, uh, for many of us coming into the program, even that simple word, religion, can impact us positively, some of us, and some of us negatively. It's very rarely, my experience is, it's a neutral word. Um, but What's great about this is that we, um, this is where, you know, I go back to a historical perspective. You know, Ebby Thatcher came from, as we know, um, his background was with the, uh, the Oxford group at the time. And the Oxford group, you know, they, they advocated, um, I've learned, because th- this program is really important to me, so I, I want to know the historical perspective. Obviously, I know that, I mean, all I really need to know is that the, the steps if taken exactly as laid out, uh, led to my spiritual awakening. But sometimes I want to know a little bit more. And, you know, they their practices, um, you know, sharing their temptations with another, surrendering their, their lives, uh, past and present, uh, uh, to, to, uh, to God, um, restitution to all, listening for God's guidance and carrying it out. That's essentially the four principles. So he comes from a perspective, Abby, when he comes and says, you know, I've got religion, you know, let's understand, but let's understand what's beyond that. At least I'd like to is that, you know, is that they're carrying some principles that work because we couldn't put the drink down. I have an alcoholic mind. We all know that allergy, the body obsession of mind. If we haven't embraced that yet, that's okay. Let's pray, you know, perhaps for willingness to embrace it. But, you know, um, but for me, you know, I could accept that. But I do understand that, you know, there was a reason this guy was different. And when I walked, first walked into the rooms of OA, there not everybody, but there were certain people that I could see things about their constitution. I could see a look in their eyes. 
I suspect, I don't know for sure, but people have told me I have that look, you know, now, amazingly, I never thought I would. Because the eyes that uh, that you know that you would have seen that came into the the rooms that first day from from Larry were one yeah they were glazed over all right you know from sugar and and and, and donuts and all kinds of uh, stuff but today you you might see something different I might not say I've got religion because I I don't want to lead with my chin you know I don't know how people perceive that but I will say you know that I and I think they would notice there's something different about this guy. And uh, maybe, maybe, you know, one one alcoholic mind to another. That's how we carry this message. Thanks so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Lauren, go ahead. All right. Lauren S. from Pittsburgh, covered compulsive reader. Okay. So, page nine. This is where Bill's recovery starts. This is where Bill's recovery starts. So on page, title page, really, no, I'm not going to say the title. To the first page in the doctor's edition, page XXV, page 8, we stressed the problem. Well, okay, you know what? I'm going to say there was also the solution mixed in. But on Bill's story, page one to eight, we stressed the problem. The problem. Do I relate? Do I think like Bill? Do I feel like Bill? Does Bill's story match up with Lauren's story? Because if it does, then I can keep reading. If it does not at all, then heck, I'm still stuck in contempt, like that quote from Herbert Spencer, and I have to change something about how I'm reading this book. But on page nine, this is where Bill's recovery starts. We mark a new stage in what Bill is trying to relate to us in these paragraphs. So I have written at the top of this page, page nine to 16. In the second half of Bill's story, I look at my willingness by underlining anything that I find that I am not willing to do that Bill did to recover after the eighth step. I can look back over this section for what I can relate to, uh, and that's a very amazing exercise um, that I also had to do. So here, now that Bill's starting his recovery, we get it. We don't need to do drunkologues and all this problem speak only when we go to meetings because now we know there is a solution. There is a recovery program. But we have to see, what am I willing to do? What Am I willing to do exactly that Bill did? Because we know in reading this book that he recovered because they tell us. That's the first thing they tell us. We are recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. Um, so very early in his recovery program in these very few sentences. But um, I guess there's not a lot that Bill started yet. Uh, But thank you. I will pass. Thank you, Lauren. Paula, you're next. Go ahead. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Rita. You know, this whole thing started with, and strange to say, here we are with uh, the telephone. The telephone, my my musings were interrupted by the telephone. The cheery voice of an old school friend. Now look at there, 
cheery voice. Asked if he might come over. And there we have it, the first 12 step. And then we go on, the door opened, and I'm going to go right where we were supposed to be. Just kind of as we watch here, we know Bill had all these ideas in his head and the musing, the musing continued in his head. But then the door opened and he stood there. Okay, now here we see a huge physical difference. Just wait a minute. Not only was his voice cheery, this man was cheery. And then it said something. What had happened? Already we see something. What had happened? A question came up. This isn't right. This does not look like. But then the part, now we see an action, a behavior. Bill's very common. I pushed and very, I pushed a drink across the table. Great. He refused it. Now we see again, disappointed but curious. And here we go again. In his mind, I wondered what had got into the fellow. Hit a line. He wasn't himself. This was not what Bill expected. And that's when he asked. Again, another question. <laughs> What's all this about? And look at this. Straight at him. Eye to eye. He looked at Bill. I don't think we saw any... Anything but compassion there, because Abby was there and was no longer at that day there. And simply but smilingly, even over the phone, people can hear his smile. He said, I've got religion. Now, we know, okay, yes, the word may bring different feelings, but basically we know it means he's got God. He's got God. That's what we have. You know, I just want to end with one line, and it's on XXXI, just to go backward perhaps, but maybe at the same place. And here, Dr. Dr. Silkworth is talking with, we assume, Bill W. And it said one year later he called to see me and I experienced a very strange sensation. I knew the man by name and partly recognized his features, but their all resemblance ended. From a troubling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged, came out of a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. I talked with him for some time, but was not able to bring myself to feel that I had known him before. To me, he was a stranger, and so he left me. A long time had passed with no return to alcohol. Same man. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on these paragraphs before we move on? This is Sadia. Can I share? Yes, go ahead. And your name again? Sadia. Sadia? Yes. Go go ahead. Hi, Sadia, Compulsive Over Eater. Um, I've been listening to this meeting for, I want to say, almost, Six, seven months and I've never shared. Um slightly, slightly afraid of the phone, I think. Um I think today I'm just I'm hearing so much hope and I'm so grateful for the hope because right now there's so much 
fear and there's so much anxiety that even the food doesn't seem appealing. It's just, it's a very difficult time and thank God that I have enough time in the rooms to know that it passes and it's necessary and it's, it's God willing, a bottom that will take me to a recovery where I can truly feel the presence of God and, and find community. Um, I'm just super grateful for the hope that I'm hearing today and the possibility of of not having to, to change any of my life, but just change me. I can stay within the same... You know, my, my job of notice that things are not what they should be with my performance and relationships are a mess and I've isolated and, and it's like it's a very lonely place and I find I struggle to be authentic and the things just remind me that I don't have I don't have to um so that's it I just wanted to to, to just share my gratitude for the hope today and sit where I am so thank you very much Thank you, Sadia, and keep keep coming back and listening and, and working and taking actions with us here. Okay, let's move on, and Kim, would you read, please? Thanks, Monica. I was aghast, so that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot, now I suspect a little cracked about religion. He had that starry-eyed look. Yes, the old boy was on fire, all right. But bless his heart, let him rant. Besides, my gin would last longer than his preaching. But he did no ranting. In a matter-of-fact way, he told two men had, had appeared in court persuading the judge to suspend his commitment. They had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. That was two months ago, and the result was self-evident. It worked. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I read these two paragraphs because they, they really fit together. You know, Bill is thinking he's going to find this oasis where he can just you know, talk with his friend and recapture those old days. But he's seeing something different about him, so he's expecting yet a more frothy emotional appeal. I'm going to let him rant because my gin is going to last longer than this guy who's going to give me this frothy emotional appeal. You know, but he did no ranting. In a matter-of-fact way, he explained the solution and the program of action. And that in and of itself was powerful but what was powerful, it says here, you know, that that um, that was two months ago and the results were self-evident. It worked. So I'm just going to read from page 18 why we as compulsive overeaters are uniquely crafted to help those who suffer from our same illness. On page 18 it says, but the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with the facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he's talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer. So that's what Ebby was doing. This was not some doctor. This was not some family member begging him. This was someone... Who was, who was who he was. He was another suffering alcoholic who was no longer suffering. 
You know, that is what touched my heart. All the times that I went to doctors and my family members begged me and friends begged me, they didn't understand what I was going through. And this is the choreography of God at its best because Evie didn't understand the disease. Evie didn't even stay sober. But what happened was because he went back to his friend. Now, Roland Hazard gave the message to Evie who we're going to lead about later. If, if Roland had came and done the same exact thing, I don't know if Bill could have heard him because Bill didn't know Roland from anybody. He could think it's frothy emotional appeal as well. But it's because he knew Evie. Evie didn't need to tell him about being an alcoholic because Bill knew that Evie drank like he drank. Bill knew that Evie felt like he felt. Bill knew that Evie thought like he thought. And because of that, he could hear what Evie was saying, that he wasn't ranting, that he was giving him a true answer. And the last thing I just want to mention, because I think this is so essential, that, you know, AA and OA has kind of, you know, lost its way, is that it says here, it was two months ago and the results were self-evident. How many of us think we only do a step a year? That we take two years to do our four step? In two months, Billy... Billy. Eddie implemented the program of action. We're going to see that Bill has his white-led experience in nine days. We're going to see when Bill meets Bob that Bob goes through the, 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 the tenants at the time in one month. When we go back to the spiritual experience, it tells us what often happens in a few months can't be accomplished by years of self-discipline. And unfortunately, I think what in OA and in AA and many 12-step programs, what we have specialized in is years of self-discipline. It says that the results were self-evident, and the results are of what? Are the results of going to a meeting? Is the result in just having a sponsor? Is the result in, you know, in three phone calls a day? The result is that they had told of a simple religious idea, the solution, and a practical program of action. And when that program of action was implemented, the result was self-evident. And that is my experience as well. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And would anyone else like to share on this? Sally? <clears throat> Sally, go ahead. Thank you, Monica. It's a Sally Recovered Compulsive Reader in South Jersey. I just want to share on this one, these three little words, I was aghast. Bill has just heard the words, I've got religion. And he does a knee-jerk reaction. And what I see when he says, I was aghast, is pride and prejudice right, right there. And um, Bill has this wonderful way of writing. He, he begins his story on page one with the sentence, uh, when we landed in England, I visited Winchester Cathedral. Much moved, I wandered outside. So something happened to him in Winchester Cathedral. He was moved, much moved. Now he's telling us he was aghast, but on page 10, as we continue with the thread of the story, we're going to see that he tells us, though he says, I was aghast, he tells us a few lines away, I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had often pondered these things. I was not an atheist. Few people really are. But that means blind faith in the strange proposition that this universe originated in a cipher and aimlessly rushes nowhere. So he's telling us I was aghast and yet a few sentences later he's going to tell us that he actually had always believed. And then the thread goes on on page 12. 
with Winchester Cathedral, where it all really began in his mind, where he was much moved before he was a guest. And on page 12, at the bottom of the page, he tells us, the real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me for a brief moment. I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon, the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors. Worldly clamors. Worldly clamors in his case. In other people's cases, that page 71, it talks about being blocked. Page 64, I believe it is, talks about being blocked. And so somewhere along the line, from the beginning of the story, page 1, where he was much moved, when he gets to this page, page 9, he has become blocked. That's what we find when he says those simple words, I was aghast, so that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot, like me, I might add, now I suspected a little cracked about religion. Oh, he doesn't want to go there. Something has blocked Bill. And so, before I close, I just want to say, page 56 gives us a very similar picture. A man at the top of the page who identifies himself as a minister's son. And he also talks about calamities. He gives a whole bunch of calamities on the top of the page. Then the next paragraph on page 56, he tells us how he was blocked. And then on the bottom of the page, he tells us how he became unblocked. And so we're here in the middle of Bill's story, page 9, and things are getting heated up. He's aghast, but we, but we know down deep, Bill has had an experience with his higher power, and he's blocked. And now we're going to see how God helps him to become unblocked. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Would anyone else like to comment? Helena in South Jersey. Go ahead, Helena. Good morning. Um, I am deeply impressed listening to these last two paragraphs over and over about even the tone of voice and our mannerisms when we reach out. We are not reaching out to people in order to persuade them. It says very clearly in our traditions that it is attraction, not promotion. And as was pointed out clearly, just by looking at Debbie, Bill knew that something was different, that he had recovered or that he had an answer. And again, no ranting, just quietly, soberly. And I find that at the end of working with others, it says that uh, no alcoholic likes to be told anything by, about alcohol by one who hates it and that they won't stand for it. People can sense this in us when I'm trying very, very hard to persuade someone, when I am there to impose my way of thinking on someone. People sense it. Maybe just quietly, and that, this is the part that hits me again and again, no ranting, just quietly sensibly. That's all I want to comment on. Thank you. Thank you, Helena. Would anyone else like to comment? This is Debbie. Debbie, go ahead. Hi, this is Debbie, recovered in Montana. Thank you for your service. Um, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, when Dr. Silkworth was talking, he did mention spiritual, but this is the first time we see the word religion, as far as I know. I could be wrong, but 
You know, religion has gotten a bad rap, and even more so today than before, but we do, um, as we share in Step 12, we do share that you have to have a power greater than yourself. Um, Our own best thinking is what got us here, and so we have to submit to God's will in order to recover and so I'm really thankful that he uses the word religion and that we can give religion a good name. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Would anyone else like to comment? This is Lois. May I share? You may, Lois. Go ahead. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. Uh, Lois in Massachusetts recovered. Um, as I, you know, I, as I read this. This wonderful story, it's such a gift to uh, to me and I'm sure to all of you on the line as well, that uh, I, I had an Ebby in my life, you know, and um, and for me, this, this was a very important movement that when the door opened, my door opened, uh, it was a phone call from uh, another compulsive overeater who, like me, had been relapsing on and off, on and on, on up and down, all for about a matter of three to four years, and we became deep friends and and really had a love for one another. But we were c- chronic relapsers, and um, I got a call from this woman, and I was, you know, I was once again into the food and um, give, had given up a lot of hope. I had no more hope. At I, I didn't go to the meetings at this point. Um, I didn't know what to do. I had no place to go. Uh, the and um, my friend had called me, and she told me about a certain uh, telephone meeting uh, three to four years ago. And she told me about this meeting, and she said, you know, Lois, she said, for the first time, she said, um, I, I have a little hope. And she said, and, and I want to just pass that on to you, and, and maybe you'll have the same experience. You know, it was a gift. She cared enough about me to try to pass on what she had learned. And, you know, and that to me that's been such an important part of my life that, you know, that I had an Ebby in my life, and I will hopefully always be an Ebby, <coughs> excuse me, in someone else's life. And, and that was the beginning of recovery for me. You know, I, I, had, I had another year or so to go, but... It was the beginning of listening and reading and becoming aware of what the big book was teaching us, and um, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll excuse me I'll end there. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Lois. Would anyone else Hi. like to share? Kathy. Hi, this is Kathy in Boston. May I share? Go ahead, Kathy. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Uh, this is Kathy K. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and as I listen to everyone share on these two paragraphs, it occurs to me that um, what I experience um, when I uh, reach out um, to do service to another compulsive overeater is really a barometer of my own spiritual fitness. I can remember... Uh, years ago when I was in program but not a student of the big book, I often found myself trying to sell the program to other people, um, ranting about it, so to speak, as it says here. And um, even as recently as a year ago after being recovered, I often found myself wanting so much to be helpful 
to others who were still suffering that um, I, I think I was a little bit pushy in um, in uh, speaking about my own recovery and, and how I was sure it could benefit another person as well, rather than just sharing my own experience and allowing the person I was talking to to uh, take whatever step toward the program they were ready to take. Um, so I, I find this to be a very good reminder. I mean, I talk to a lot of people um, on on this meeting and elsewhere, and um, I'm just so grateful that right now today I can share my own experience and be a power of example and um, leave the rest to God. Um, and that's truly a gift in my life. Thanks. Thank you, Kathy. And this is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I just love the first paragraph, the first couple sentences. It makes me laugh every time. I was aghast. I was shocked. So that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. What's a crackpot? A lunatic. A nut. Now I suspected a little cracked, a little crazy, about religion. He had that starry-eyed look. Then we go down. But he did no ranting. In a matter-of-fact way, he told how two men had appeared in court persuading the judge to suspend his commitment. Last summer, he's a crackpot, he's a lunatic, he's a nut, and he is. He's drinking like crazy, he's been sent to Vermont to get out of his politician dad's way, and he's told to clean up the summer cottage, and he starts painting it, and the pigeons come and make a mess on his paint. He takes the shotgun out, and uh, the neighbors weren't too happy. And, of course, he'd already had some other run-ins with the law, so he's finding himself in court. They're either going to commit him into jail or say an asylum. And two men showed up. And who are these two men? One of them is Roland Hazard, and we will hear more about Roland Hazard down the way and Shepard Cornell, and they persuaded the judge to suspend his commitment. They said, hey, and and one of them knew the judge, and said, we've got this program, we've got this um, program in in New York City here uh, that we think we can do something with Ebby, that we can help him. It's helped us. And so he says, okay. They had told of a simple religious idea, you know, step two, and a practical program of actions. There's our steps 3 to 12, a program of action. And so they took Abby to New York City and uh, immersed him in the Oxford group um, tenants, uh, principals, and it worked. That was two months before. And here he is standing before Bill, starry-eyed, fresh face, glowing, you know, he's not yakking a mile a minute. He's being quiet. He's not ranting. He's just saying very matter-of-factly, I've got something here, Bill. And Bill, looking at him, can see there's a miracle there standing in front of him. There's something different here. What hope? What hope for us that this program works? It works. If we take the actions, it works. And with that, we have run out of time here this morning, and I would like to thank everyone who has shared. 
And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Hoodie, could you read a vision for you, please? Good morning, Monica. This is Hoodie, a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own health is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand him, God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Thank, Thank you.